0: In the apocalyptic virus-ridden summer of 2020, two friends with an interest in food and almost no regard for audio quality decided to start a podcast. This is the bastard right here. I'm gonna oh sit closer to the microphone. Choose the fat, who's in the gun. More road badges and, and you deserve a foot! Like mother, right? the our we talk so that's the elephant in the room isn't it really is is that that we're recording this probably uh you know a good eight months maybe since we started recording them and the first episode is only coming out now but you know i haven't really got a good excuse
1: do we need an excuse
0: I don't think so because you know we're not being paid it to do this. It's
1: free, isn't it?
0: But I feel we, we've we've let down the idea of our listeners.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> well, if any of our uh, imaginary listeners want to send us any imaginary emails of complaints, I'm sure the details are available on the Twitter page, aren't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, do do kind of look at our Twitter page because um, we've we've followed a lot of people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no one's follow- you can edit that by the way
0: I can edit that Yeah,
1: We'll, we'll follow loads of people And then um, Edit them down to special people
0: Oh no, no, no I think the more people we follow uh, the better oh, Okay. Uh, and then in about A month's time when we're really po- Really popular We just do a huge cull yeah. To make ourselves look cool So the topic of today's uh, recording is Canned fish um,
1: we can we start at the start on that.
0: Start at the start, yeah. Go for it.
1: Canned fish or tinned fish?
0: I should have guessed you were going to get hung up on the. Uh, I mean, pedantic on the word. Oh no, not
1: there. pedantic. I, I don't think it affects the content of the podcast or the content of the tin or the can. But when obviously when you do vast amounts of research, you start googling, don't you? And you Google tinned fish, and it comes back with canned fish, and, and vice versa. Just notice that you slipped straight into a canned fish
0: that's it's interesting isn't it because i think of a sing a, a tin of tuna but the process the way that my brain works the process of putting it in that vessel is canning it's never tinning what do uh, what do peaches come in
1: uh well they come from a can
0: how did they get there
1: <laughs> they were put there by your nan <laughs>
0: yeah. oh that's a, that's, a, that's another podcast, I think.
1: Some people use tinned, some people use canned, as if it doesn't matter.
0: I think it does matter. I think canned sounds more appealing, like you said, and tinned sounds a bit like cat food, which, weirdly enough, is what a lot of tinned fish smells like. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what I think about canned fish, and that is, until recently, the idea of canned fish made me made me want to heave. And I don't know why. I think it's I think it's both the smell of cat food, and unless it's tuna, which is really bland-looking in the in the can, they still look like fish, and uh, so they're little silvery fillets, just sat there, it often completely soaked in oil, and I just couldn't bring myself to eat them, and it's only recently, basically because, you know, some influencer on Twitter, told me that. There was a company who imported, like, specialist tinned fish from Spain and Portugal that I kind of jumped on board in that, you know, pathetic middle-class way that, you know, I do.
1: You saw the opportunity to be a middle-class foodie and lord it over people eating cat food and you took the opportunity with both hands.
0: Well, I I saw an article in The Guardian and I thought, this is the new trend, let's do it. It
1: rumination. Yeah I, I made a little list of like fish in tins that doesn't make me cringe a little bit and that was mackerel anchovies and tuna I can op- yeah okay. I can look at them and think oh, they look, they look fine on the other hand the other things in tins which do make me cringe a little bit pilchards I think pilchards are the worst actually sardines
0: are sardines the same as pilchards
1: yeah the Pilchard's a larger sardine, isn't it, from Cornwall?
0: Okay. I think
1: they've rebranded them now to call them Cornish sardines because they sell most of their sardine uh, pilchards back to into Europe. What they did, <laughs> they did before they um, before the Brexit happened.
0: Yeah, the Europeans love our fish; they really do. You see, I I'm with you on the pilchards, but for me, it's the name, and I think that's why the Cornish rebranded them. Pilchards sound horrible. Yeah, Sardines sound a bit better.
1: Sardines, because they're Sardinia.
0: Oh, yeah. Exotic.
1: Yeah. The Cornish fish label goes down well in Europe, doesn't it? So, hake is always advertised as Cornish hake.
0: Uh, gotcha.
1: Fish fingers are always advertised as Cornish fish fingers.
0: Welks? Are they Cornish welks? Cornish
1: welks. Yeah. And, um, you know those crab sticks? Yeah. Uh, No fucker in the world eats them, right? Uh, mussels in a can? Oh. Well. <laughs> Even the words mussels in a can. Oh, I said can, mussels in a tin. Have have made you made you gag.
0: It's weird, isn't it? Because I can just about cope with crab in a can. But I th- I think there's this element. I remember at your house and we cooked way too many mussels once. And uh we were talking about it and was like, right we've got all this other food to eat as well and we I think we cooked two kilos of mussels between three of us which was maybe a little optimistic and as soon as we'd finished the mussels or what we thought we could finish with the mussels it was like right I can't even think about eating another mussel right now it's one of those foods mm. where you know if you had a big bowl of chips or even you know I'm trying to think of an example like chicken wings chicken wings is a good example even when you're really full you can imagine eating another one yeah with mussels, as soon as you're done, you're done. Yeah, and it was also the other food you would never snack on the next day. Oh God, yeah. I
1: mean, how you... <laughs> I've seen mussels on seafood pizzas. Yeah, and I always think when people have had enough of their mussels, the uh, are they? <laughs> you know what I mean? If there's any mussels left over, are they recycling them? Um, cod roe.
0: Cod roe in a can. Cod row in a tin. Yeah. Um, is that Cornish cod roe or? Yeah yeah okay well I'd probably no no no
1: yeah I'm not really sure what cod roe even is
0: well it's eggs of a cod
1: squeezed out of a cod yeah like yeah
0: into a tin into straight into a tin
1: I mean I I know what cod roe is but I I just I don't want to go on to eat it where do you where do you stand (laughs) on caviar
0: um I'm not a big fan of caviar but I love salmon roe
1: and if only you knew the effort the salmon had to go through to lay that egg. Only have to watch, like any documentary on the BBC iPlayer, science and nature bit, to find out <laughs> how long it fucking takes a salmon to swim all the way round the world up a river, over a bridge, through a bear's hands.
0: That's why the bears catch them. Actually, is like you don't see that part, but they they take them back into the woods, they open them up, take out the eggs, put them on a bit of sushi rice. Ah. And the rest of the salmon, they just chuck back just in the sling river.
1: sling it away. Yeah, yeah. they always going on about how difficult a salmon's life is. I think, well, if it was that fucking difficult, nature would have adapted by now, wouldn't it? So they're at it for a reason. And always have to the obligatory shot of them trying to jump up a waterfall. Yeah, doing... The, the listeners <laughs> obviously don't have the visuals I've got here of, of Sam pretending to be a leaping salmon. he' <laughs> <laughs> looks like he's having a stroke, to be honest, but... Yeah, and then, bizarrely, sometimes tuna, tuna in the tin makes me cringe a little bit, if it's got red on it.
0: Are you a, a spring water, a brine or an oil tuna guy? It's funny
1: you should say that, because I've got a little quiz for you. <laughs> okay. Well, it's not a quiz, it's just a rating game.
0: Would, would it be apt to do that now?
1: Unless we try and segue into it later. but
0: I think we just segued, I think that was a good one.
1: That was a good segue, yeah until we until we mentioned the word segue now we sound like twat right so of these five put them in your order of preference number one being the best number five being the worst okay. okay so tuna no drip stroke drain tuna in sunflower oil tuna in brine, tuna in spring water tuna in some sort of sauce
0: you you've you've not mentioned tuna in the olive oil
1: all right. At a, at a sixth, so I have to f- fucking rework it all out Was you're talking away. Thank you. <laughs> Sunflower oil stroke olive oil, right?
0: No, they're two different things.
1: Okay, six, olive oil. <laughs> oh, you ball bag. Right, I have to redo my list now.
0: <laughs> okay, at the very bottom, I'm going to go...
1: Oh. So you've got to start with number one, your best.
0: Oh, my best? Yeah. I'll go tuna in olive oil. Next best... You see, the tuna in sauce has thrown me a bit, because tuna in sauce, you you can't use it for as many things, can you? You've got limited options. You can't make a tuna mayo with tuna in sauce.
1: Yeah, I I admit, without mixing the metaphors, that the the tuna in some sort of sauce is a bit of a red herring, (laughs) but um, just take it as it is. Okay. Right, so number one is things in olive oil. Tuna, Tuna in olive oil.
0: Tuna in olive oil, yeah. Then I'd probably go tuna in spring water. Then I'd probably go tuna in sauce. Then tuna This is all over
1: the fucking place, this, go on.
0: Then then the ready ready to ready to eat tuna. Four. Then tuna in sunflower oil. Fine. Then tuna in brine.
1: Last is brine, interesting. So would you like to hear what you should have said?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so number one is tuna in the no drip stroke drain okay category Cause just because it's clean okay. and easy and you can do whatever you want with it right two is tuna in brine okay because everything that lives in the sea is a little bit salty and brine is a little bit salty so therefore it's happy <laughs> so three seems though you threw it in last minute curveball my game you fucked it up is tuna in olive oil because tuna in olive oil olive oil obviously tastes nicer than tuna in sunflower oil which is four now five is tuna in spring water right because a tuna would be upset about the fact that it was a a sea fish and it had been put in non-sea fish water because the tuna like all sea going fish has a natural disdain for fish that mixes around in spring water. So tunas fucking hate salmon. They can't stand salmon and eels.
0: Salmon are like the the bisexuals of the fish world, aren't they? They're like <laughs> they get the best of best of everything.
1: They have all the fun.
0: I can't now. I'm now. I'm trying to picture a, a tuna jumping up, a, like a waterfall in Canada, avoiding uh, bears. Uh, it doesn't work, does it? That picture. No.
1: I can see a Scottish fisherman with those long wader things on fly fishing and realising he's caught a fucking massive tuna as it pulls him down down the rocks and he smashes his face on them. I can see that. It's quite endearing. (laughs) And six is tuna in some sort of sauce. And what I meant here is just like a ready-made tuna sandwich thing. Yeah, where you just scoop it out and put it straight on your jacket potato, or which is just like someone ate the tuna and barfed into a into the tin. And I had some albacore tuna um, steaks the other day that I just did in in the pan, and they were beautiful. They were lovely.
0: You mean fresh?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Spain. Don't know how they snuck them over the border.
0: But, well, they can come this way. It's just the other way that we we've got the issue. I okay, can know what a joke. What a joke.
1: When I was in Spain, I went to a place called La Scala, um, near Girona, on the coast and the north-easty bit. And that was like one of those former anchovy-making villages. And they got whole shops dedicated to just this one brand. Of of the anchovies that came from there.
0: I mean, you've touched there on two things, which I think are really interesting. First is anchovies as a start, because... I don't know when it happened. My hatred of anchovies turning into an obsession, as in, <laughs> I love them now. But I don't know when and how that happened. It was actually something you always you always talk about, which is I think I think is what happened is I anchovies on a pizza. I, I avoid them. I wouldn't eat anything around that anchovy just in case it had sullied it with its anchovy taste. And then suddenly I was accidentally ate an anchovy on a pizza. And I was like, oh wow, this is. <laughs> This is like a new pizza. This is a new thing. This tastes amazing. This is a a salt bomb. It's like savouriness to the nth degree. It's fucking magnificent. And then from then on I was like that was the only way I'd have anchovies, and then I would like bought a jar of them just to see if I could make my way get my way through the jar, and the jar disappeared in no time at all. And now any time I can get them, I'm in there.
1: I think that moment, Sam, is you, when you're younger, you you try whiskey and you go, oh, that's disgusting. I'm never drinking that ever again because it's so fucking disgusting. And then one night you're out and you're drunk and a friend buys a whiskey. and says, oh, come and have a whiskey. Or you, you, your dad says, come and have a whiskey, that kind of thing. You go, all right, I'll just have a sip. I'll just sip it, you know. And, and you sip it and then you go, oh, that's really, really nice. You re- suddenly realise that your childlike taste buds have fucked off somewhere and your adult-like taste buds have moved in and it opens up a whole new world of tastes for you. And in that slot, along with whiskey, is anchovies and I think olives.
0: Olives, for Um, sure.
1: Because you can eat an olive and you're like, all right, I can eat it, but I don't really know why I'm eating it. And then once your adult taste buds are in and you have an olive, you're like, I really like them. I'm going to eat lots of them.
0: Give me all the olives
1: Give me all the olives, give me all the anchovies. Give me a whiskey It'll
0: you've just uh, actually you've just given me a a flashback to something which put me off both olives and anchovies for for what I thought was for life until I started eating both separately, and I haven't had it since I've been turned back on to anchovies is olives stuffed with anchovies mm. and the idea of that still makes me a bit queasy.
1: Were they from a tin?
0: I I presume so because this yeah. was the like early nineties.
1: Yeah, I thought you mean like olives in a tin aren't great, and the anchovy goes all mushy in the middle, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and it it like it loses the f- the good flavour, and all that's left behind is that kind of fishy, met- metaly flavour. I think.
1: Yeah. It's not a not a great combination, those two together in brine in a tin on a supermarket shelf for months and months and months. No, it's a poor version of what it could be when i was when I was in Spain we went to Barcelona and had like anchovies on toast in the old town, yeah, in one of the, in the tapas bars, and they are fantastic one they're massive, and two I don't know are they fresh what are they? they're just they're a s- meteor.
0: They're just salted, aren't they, I think?
1: Yeah, and they're absolutely incredible. And I could just eat that all day, which yeah. you do when you're drinking all day as well, so it's fantastic.
0: Super nice! Anyway, the, a, a tin itself is actually a really good vessel for, um, for cooking. Oh, right, yeah. Because you can cook under pressure. I don't know if this is true. I've never fact-checked this, but someone told me, So, and it's someone I trusted.
1: Are we supposed to fact-check the stuff we say on this show? Um...
0: Some of it, if it's if it's something we can get sued for, but I don't think we can get sued for this.
1: No, I think anyone who believes anything who takes what we say without a picture soul is a fucking idiot.
0: Anyway, he told me this guy. He said, "Oh, I used to work in in a baked bean factory." The, a, according to him, that when they make baked beans, they put the uncooked dried beans in the can with the tomato sauce, seal it, and then cook it.
1: Was the person Greg Wallace?
0: It wasn't. No, it was It, oh. was, my, it was my friend.
1: Because I saw Greg Wallace do his Greg Wallace Goes to the Factory programme. Yeah. The one where he just... They take a process and do it on an industrial scale, and Greg is absolutely amazed by every part of that. So right. they go, today we're making soup. We're going to make... 500 gallons of soup and we put it inside this massive vat and boil it all up. And Greg is absolutely amazed and he goes so what you're saying is that vat is just like a massive saucepan and the poor person has to go uh, yes Greg that's that's exactly what it's like. We put all the potatoes in there and they spin around and all the skin comes off and then he says so what you're saying is that's one enormous potato peeler and the man has to say <laughs> Yes, yes, Greg. That's that's exactly what it is. And they just do that for every bit of it. It's hilarious. Watch it. And obviously, the more excited Greg gets, the more he starts pulling like more and more extraordinary surprised faces at the big things. It's it's fucking great. It's on the BBC. Like you've already paid for it, you might as well watch it, right? He went. He went to the Bean Factory. Right. And yeah, he was amazed by that. He was equally as amazed as you.
0: Was that so? That is a thing. That's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Greg said it.
0: That's a true fact.
1: Yeah, true fact from Greg
0: Wallace's mouth. So I wonder, based on that, if if they put the raw live octopus in the tin, uh, <laughs> alive. Those tentacles are still alive even when you cut them off, aren't they?
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You can't put a live octopus in anything. Those things, Have you ever seen them move around? I
0: have, yeah. <laughs> fucking incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it? Basically, if you leave the empty can in in the tank, they'll get into it themselves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how they catch them. They just put a st- string of empty cans along the seabed, and the fucking octopus just climb in. And then the scuba diver comes along, quickly seals them up, and then they pull that out, and just toss it all in a big big vat and then Greg Wallace appears and says so you're telling me that's like one enormous saucepan full of octopus yes Greg that's exactly what it is boil the octopus alive in a tin some people have got some nations have a bad reputation when it comes to animal welfare but that seems a little bit over the top but we,
0: we can't really talk about uh, canned fish and what we'd be willing to try without talking about the uh, the Swedish speciality, I'm going to mispronounce this, so apologies to obviously all our Swedish listeners, surströmming.
1: Oh, I think you've just shat in the blue cupboard there, mate. Have I? Yeah, you probably, you've probably embarrassed yourself there with that pronunciation. Oh, right, okay.
0: So yeah, the, this Swedish tradition for putting barely salted herring into a can and allowing it to ferment in the can for at least six months, which is a speciality in Sweden. Apparently, according to a Japanese study, a newly opened can of surströmming has one of the most putrid smells, not even strong, but putrid smells in the world, even stronger than other fermented fish dishes. And um, I believe it's illegal to open a can of surströmming. In in a public uh, in an enclosed public place, or on a bus or anything,
1: is that the stuff you're not allowed to take on a plane?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: I thought the idea of the tin was that it um, obviously preserved the food stuff.
0: Well, it depends. You you need to make sure that that food stuff is the... st- sterile before it goes yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hence the pasteurisation process for a lot of food uh. when it goes into a can.
1: So they they all right okay obviously so sterilise it first. No. Let it just let it do its stuff in there. Yeah. Wow.
0: And apparently, it can do its stuff so much that the can kind of like bows out at the top and the bottom. Wow. Because of the uh, the gas that's produced.
1: And they eat this.
0: And they they love it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, you're right. There's, so it's it's banned in uh, airlines on airlines. During the protests in Hong Kong, uh, in 2018, one of the uh, the people in uh, ask uh, causing. Problems or protesting bought a can of surstromming and opened it uh, during one of the protests because he'd like to give the sense that the Hong, Pong, Hong Kong people are facing an entirely rotten election system.
1: If you're if you're throwing cans of rotten fish at the Chinese military police in order to protect your democracy, I suppose some might say you're on the right side of the argument.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's a it's a fantastic dirty protest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't see that coming, did they? Well,
0: <laughs> They could maybe smell it coming, but...
1: Get that party gas mask. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant.
0: You know what, though? If someone offered me some up, I would I would try it.
1: Just out of bravado? There must
0: be a reason why people like it, and it can't be because it's... It can't be through bravado. It must be because there's inherently something delicious about it.
1: I listen to radio for... Is it the food, pro- food
0: programme?
1: That lady with a nice voice and she she did the icelandic um rotting shark thing right where you i think they kill a shark and then they roll it up in a bit of old carpet and they bury it in the back garden for six months and then some they dig it up and unroll the carpet and then all the neighbors come around and have a chunk of this rotted shark and she kind of was documenting this and she said it was like, you know, um, the ammonia you get on, like, cheese? Yeah. It's just like a very, very, very intense ammonia kind of, like, gassy cheese.
0: Oh. Which didn't
1: sound great, but like you said, why Why else would you kill a shark, roll it up in a carpet, bury it in the garden, and then share it out with the neighbours six months later unless it tasted good?
0: I think there's a maybe a difference between rotted shark... And canned, like which has been buried, and canned fish, which has been you know, you're much closer to the fish sauce side of things with the canned fish, aren't you, than the just putrid, rotted fish.
1: So, are you suggesting there's a hierarchy of rottedness? Yeah, rotting methodology. Okay, so what's the best way to rot something?
0: Well, like a garum or a, a Liam Perrins or a soy, a fish sauce. So
1: just like a, a fermentation fermentation.
0: Controlled fermentation.
1: Controlled fermentation. Then what? Rotting in a tin.
0: Then, then rotting in a tin.
1: <laughs> and lastly, rotting in the back garden. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's only one thing to do, Sam. Uh, well, there's, there's two things to do. One is buy yourself some, uh, a dogfish. Right. Or another fish. a a shark fish a thornback ray get a thornback ray go to go to Liverpool (laughs) spend spend an afternoon with a racist skipper (laughs) minus five temperatures catching absolutely fuck all apart from crabs and one thornback ray (laughs) and be absolutely disgusted by the way it's chewing on a hook (laughs) do that don't bother rushing home because you're only going to let it rot anyway so you can keep it in your pocket and go to the pub (laughs) when they're open Wrap it up in a tea towel and bury it in the garden in Croydon. Right. Six months later, dig it up and um, we will do the Zoom podcast as you unwrap it and eat it live on air. Like um, the Libby Lady off the Channel 4 Food Program with a nice voice.
0: I'll be interested to see.
1: Yeah, it would be interesting
0: to see. First of all, it would have to like survive not being eaten by cats and foxes. Yeah. In Croydon, that's a big risk.
1: Yeah. You'd have to put up some sort of security system around the fish.
0: I'm, you know, I might uh, I might not do that.
1: That's a good point. Do they not have um, foxes and cats in... In in,
0: uh, in Norway?
1: I, in wherever I said they ate the rotten shark.
0: Uh, Iceland. 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 Uh, it's probably a bit, bit more of a problem with polar bears or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You think... Maybe it's just a very thick shag carpet <laughs> maybe they're using maybe they're using ax to stick carpets up there well I I seen though you offered this up yourself we should definitely try and get a hold of a can of um, Swedish um, stink fish and you should open it and eat it live
0: in my back garden because you said you would I'm up for anything you said
1: you would do it because I reckon you're let's call it bravado your inquisitiveness or whatever um will quickly wane away once this smell gets into your nostrils
0: well how about uh, how about a um a compromise obviously it's very difficult to get hold of that stuff now with brexit i'll just leave a can of tuna 6 months past its sell by date or by its best before date and and i'll eat that instead
1: no Because that's bit that's is sterile and it's not rotting, and everyone's got things in their cupboards that are over six months old. They did that on a a radio program, didn't they? Some some woman phoned up and she had a can of custard or something from like nineteen forty-six, just after the war, or something like. She opened it and ate it on air. Nice. Yeah, she died.
0: They didn't have pasteurisation in those days.
1: (laughs) It wasn't the custard that killed her. She just she got run over by a bus. It was awful. Um, if you will phone in phone into live radio shows whilst crossing the road, that, that shit can happen. can't it?
0: <laughs> we know someone in Sweden, but I think it's difficult to get hold of this stuff. So if if we did want to go ahead with a this let's say experiment or um, taste test, there's possible ways we can do. They must, do feel, this.
1: They must ex- export it. Right, I'm not expecting you to go and spend 175 pounds on a small tin of rotten fish for this podcast. I mean, people dedicated to their podcast probably would, but you know, um, tin fish wars at work. No, there's always a tin. Well, tin fish wars is just basically some people don't think it's appropriate to eat tin fish whilst at work because it smells, and it's not fair for other people to have to smell it. We've never come across this.
0: I know about the microwave kind of wars.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like an extension of the same thing. So every workplace has got a um, a man who likes to work out a lot in it, hasn't it? You know, goes to the gym a lot, reads magazines about going to the gym a lot, carries one of those um, tubs of powder around and drinks milkshake from the tub.
0: They have a, a special kind of cup thing now with a lid and a, it's got a a metal wire ball in it. Have you seen those? So they can put their yeah. pa- powder in the, they sh- shake it. in the tub and shake it up.
1: So they walk around and they've got a tub of powder and they've got a shaker and they make like a protein cocktail there and then. But they, it, they also have a um, poncho for um, eating lots of tinned fish. Right. Yeah. And it always upsets people who don't like the smell of tinned fish. And like you said, the the extension of that is if you microwave it, (laughs) it makes the staff kitchen reek of fish and it all kicks off. And then there's people claiming that, well, if I'm not allowed to warm, if I'm not allowed to microwave fish, then no one else should be allowed to microwave curry because I don't like the smell of curry. And then the vegetarians get upset that anyone's eating fish. Yeah, just workplace funk. rumination. I wanted to ask, talk to you about herring. Right. So, a pickled herring is a roll up. Yes. A smoked herring is a kipper. A young herring in a tin is a. Uh.
0: uh well, I, I would have said pilchard, but we now know that's a large sardine. So, is it a sprat? Something called a sild. A sild.
1: S I L D. Oh, okay. I've seen sealed in tins, and I thought I'd never knew, known what it was. But it got me thinking, why does everyone hate the word herring so much? Well, and it, is, it is another food stuff that if you just do something slightly different to it, it gets a whole new name for itself.
0: And, and I was thinking the same thing, which was that a lot of the words which fish come as, like pilchard, and I was actually thinking of kipper, actually put me off eating them. So the fact that they've taken something herring and they've smoked it and they've called it kipper which weirdly just reminds me of ties and racists it doesn't make it more appealing to me
1: No I Imagine there's people in the kipper industry who in the last kind of 10 15 years have probably been trying to rebrand quite quickly can we not call it smoked herring again <laughs> Just the whole kipper thing is what's wrong with ties what's wrong with having a very big end of a th- no I don't mean the tie the connotation is not to do with ties have you ever had roll mops and dill vodka
0: I've had roll mops and I do struggle with them a touch Uh, I've never had them in dill vodka
1: not in dill vodka with dill vodka so roll mops obviously uh, pickled herring vinegary but the flesh has got the skin on it hasn't it yeah it's hard. You have to chew it. Yeah, it's not. E- <laughs> it's not an easy, not an easy swallow. That is it. It's not. I think the idea of chewing on roll mops and then finishing it off with shots of vodka is just like I don't know. It's other level.
0: And yet, in in the countries where they do that, perfectly normal. You know, the kids, the kids are all at it probably.
1: What ro- roll mopping?
0: Roll mop. Yeah,
1: doing roll mops. Have you seen the? Um... The Finnish version of uh, Trainspotter.
0: Is, is it called Roll Mops? group of
1: young people, they've kind of gone off the rails a bit by experimenting, got too heavily into the Roll Mops before long. You know, they find themselves stealing from old people's homes at HMV. And kids do not do heroin. Or herring. That's it. What are they injecting over there in uh, Edinburgh? <laughs> heroin. herring o herring o what is this herring that they're injecting? Oh, I think they mean roll mops.
0: <laughs> And they start off by smoking it.
1: <laughs> Chasing the kipper.
0: <laughs> it's a gateway fish, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>